Good evening. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and we have great joy to gather on this Holy Thursday, this Maundy Thursday evening, where, of course, we remember and celebrate our Lord's institution of His Holy Supper, wherein we receive His body and His blood for the forgiveness of our sins. I'll turn your attention to the uh, inside of the back cover of your bulletin this evening for the summary of our readings. When God made his covenant with Israel through Moses, it was confirmed by the shedding of innocent blood. Moses took half of the sacrificial blood and threw it on the altar, thereby making atonement for the sins of the people. And half the blood he threw on the people, declaring, Behold the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. This was followed by a covenant meal, in which Moses and Aaron, along with Aaron's sons and seventy elders of Israel, ate and drank in God's presence on the mountain. In Christ's death, he has established a new and greater covenant. As he is crucified, his blood atones for the sins of all people. And as Moses and the elders of Israel beheld God and ate and drank, so also do we behold God and eat and drink in his presence when we receive the covenant meal of his body and his blood. Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Our service this evening is Divine Service Setting 3. As it begins on page 184, we now sing the first hymn. Oh, and before I forget, just a, a note on the service here. As it is Maundy Thursday, we will have the stripping of the altar. And I'll have you know that we'll begin with, by singing the closing hymn. And then when that hymn is concluded, then uh, we have a duet who will be chanting Psalm 22 this evening. Now we sing the first hymn. Let us pray. O Lord, in this wondrous sacrament you have left us a remembrance of your passion. Grant that we may so receive the sacred mystery of your body and blood, that the fruits of your redemption may continually be manifest in us. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Old Testament reading for Holy Thursday is from Exodus chapter 24. Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the just decrees. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. He rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the people of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in the basins, and half of the blood he threw against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do, and we will be obedient. And Moses took the blood and threw it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Baihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They beheld God and ate and drank. 
This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you who are weak and ill, and some have died... But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined, so that we may not be condemned along with the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 13th chapter. of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of, out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that you also should do just as I have done to you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. mercy and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our sermon this evening is based upon our Old Testament and epistle readings. We hear the following from 1 Corinthians 11. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. But when God made covenants with his people, it often involved the shedding of sacrificial blood. For example, when God made his covenant with Abram in Genesis 15, Abram literally cut the animals in half and laid them in such a way that the Lord would pass through the middle of them. It was no different when God made his covenant with the people of Israel through Moses. This covenant was also sealed by the death of a sacrificial victim. Its lifeblood was poured out both upon the altar and upon the people, while Moses spoke the words of institution, Behold the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. So we heard minutes ago. Now, I wouldn't fault you for wondering, what was the point of all of this blood and of all of this death? Well, for one thing, it was to show the seriousness of sin. Sin has consequences. Remember God's warning to Adam, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And St. Paul says also that the wages of sin is death. The sacrificial rites reminded God's people that sin was a serious matter, that they should not, as the hymn writer puts it, think of sin but lightly. Well, the rites also showed the extent of God's wrath towards sin. You see, God does not just wink at our sins. He's not some heavenly doting grandfather that sees us being disobedient to his will, and he just kind of smiles while we continue to break his law. He is holy. He hates sin. He is angered by the disobedience of his people. And because he is also a just God, he cannot let sin go unpunished. There must be death. There must be blood. God's wrath needed to be satisfied. But because God does not desire the death of the sinner, he provides a substitute for the guilty. Thus, these sacrifices, as horrifying as they were, were also reminders of the depths of God's love. God does not delight in death. He takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He would prefer, rather, that people would turn from their evil ways, repent, and to fear, love, and trust in him above all things. These bloody sacrifices were simply a means to an end. As the scripture says, you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. So wrote King David in Psalm 51. The one true God's fervent desire has always been to have fellowship and to also have reconciliation with his people. This is why he goes to such great lengths to establish his covenant with the people. And this becomes even more apparent by the fact that in many cases where sacrifices were offered, a meal then followed. For example, after Moses confirmed the covenant by throwing the blood from the basins on the people, he and Aaron, Aaron's sons, and 70 elders of Israel, they went up and they beheld God and they ate they drank. They enjoyed table fellowship with the Lord, the God of Israel. And this was no small thing, especially considering the fact that no man can see the face of God and live as we hear in Exodus 30. And yet, here were Moses, his brother, his brother's sons, and 70 of Israel's chief people dining in the presence of God himself. Clearly, this was a significant event in the life of Israel, a foundational event, in fact and one that would be remembered throughout all the generations of 
the Israelites. God had fulfilled his promise to Abraham. He had led his children out of Egypt and established his covenant with them as he had once done with Abraham. And yet we are reminded tonight that, well, that first covenant, it was only temporary. It was incomplete. The blood of bulls and of goats could only sanctify for the purification of the flesh. Something more was needed, was necessary. Something more was coming, that is, someone more. So through the mouths of his prophets, the Lord taught his people to look for this something more, for a new covenant that he would make with them. Jeremiah writes, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. You see, this covenant would surpass the glory of that first covenant, for it would be characterized by the forgiveness of sins. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more, the prophet writes later on. A new and greater covenant also meant that a new and greater mediator and a new and greater sacrifice would be needed. For as we are taught in Hebrews 9, there is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. Who else then could make such a sacrifice but the holy and spotless Son of God? Who else could secure an eternal redemption for sinners except the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ our Lord? So it was then that Jesus, born of Mary's flesh, became the mediator of a new covenant, shedding his precious blood on Calvary once and for all, and all for once for all sinners. As Moses once sprinkled blood on the altar to make atonement for the people, so Christ, our greater Moses, he made atonement for the sins of all the people as his blood was splashed upon the altar of the cross. And by his innocent blood, the righteous anger of the Father, it has been satisfied forever. For every sin that Adam and his fallen sons and daughters commit, for every infraction of the law of God, for every sinful desire... There now stands a perpetual sacrifice and Christ crucified and resurrected for you. But remember, Moses not only threw the blood on the altar, he also threw it on the people. Jesus Christ has done the same for you. His blood has been sprinkled on you in holy baptism. You see, your souls have been cleansed by the purifying blood of Christ as you were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You see, you were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, as St. Paul writes. You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So, you are covered. Covered by his blood. And your sins are no longer a stench in the nostrils of God. They are no longer stand against you to accuse you and to condemn you. For you are in Christ Jesus. And as a confirmation and pledge of the covenant that he has made with you, your greater Moses, well, he has instituted a covenant meal. He gives to us his very body and his blood. On the eve of his betrayal, or on the night he was betrayed, rather, in the eve of his crucifixion, Christ met with his disciples to celebrate the Passover. And like Moses before him, he instituted this new covenant saying, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. That from St. Matthew's Gospel. 
In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus, you see, he even uses the same word that Moses did when he instituted the Old Covenant, except that he doesn't say, Behold, the blood of the covenant. Instead, he says, This is my blood of the covenant. His blood, not the blood of some ox or goat, is what is being poured out on the altar of the cross for guilty sinners. His blood, and not someone else's, will be poured into chalices for Christians to drink until the end of time. And so tonight we come not to celebrate an old covenant, but the new covenant in Jesus' blood. We rejoice that God has made his covenant with us through the death of his holy lamb, Jesus Christ, and that he has established this salutary gift of his holy supper for us Christians to eat and to drink for our forgiveness, life, and salvation. See, like Moses and Aaron and his sons and the 70 elders of Israel, we too behold God and eat and drink. Here we have table fellowship with our God, Christ himself being with you, his true body and true blood in and under bread and wine. Christ himself being both the host and the feast where you receive his salvation. This is truly God's mountain then, not Mount Sinai, but rather Mount Zion, where we behold God and live. For in this meal of the new covenant, we receive the gifts of Christ's true body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And as we receive these holy gifts, we remember with thanksgiving his sacrificial death on the cross for our sins and indeed for all the world. In the name of Jesus, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. O God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that we turn from our evil way and live. We come before you, although we have sinned and deserve only your wrath, yet we flee to your mercy in Christ Jesus our Lord, who gave his body and his blood for our redemption. Lord, grant that we may ever thus believe and never waver. Grant that in such faith we may worthily come to your altar to eat the very body and drink the true blood, which your Son has given for our redemption. In thanksgiving we remember and proclaim the sufferings and death of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom we place our trust. Until his return, graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. For to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.